Alright, welcome in everybody. It is the Important Nonsense Podcast Friday edition, early Friday edition, trust or bust style. Uh, I am joined today by Mr. Jack Cavanaugh. Jack, welcome to the show again. Welcome back. A pleasure to be here, Steve. Glad to be back Dude, on the show this week. Couldn't big league us two weeks in a row. Decided oh. to come back. No, had to come crawling back, beg for my spot back. <laughs> but well, we appreciate the begging. The begging <laughs> is always welcomed. Thankfully, you guys uh, respond well to groveling. Yeah, exactly. Who doesn't, actually? <laughs> I'm also trying to figure out what kind of nickname we can give you. Uh, let's see. Because for me, I'm always trying to think of unique and completely unnecessary nicknames. Uh, for you, I got, so far, the best I've come up with, I had to go a long way to get this. All right, so try to follow me. So, right. you're Jack Cavanaugh. You're Javanaugh on everything. Yep. So I see the J-A-V as a Chicago native and an unfortunate Cubs fan. I instantly think Javi. Uh, Javi is El Mago, the magician. So I'm thinking the magician is probably... I'm okay with that. I like the magician. That works. (laughs) The the magician. All right. I also, uh, whenever I think magician, I think of uh, Cal Naughton. From uh, Talladega Nights. <laughs> so, there that you go. Too. That were double like layers. It. Exactly. It's building layers on layers. So, uh, Jack the Magician, joining me here for our Friday Truster Bust. So, let's go through Thursday Night Football. Case Keenum did not play uh, in the second half of that game. It was the Dwayne Haskins show. Uh, did you have any overwhelming takeaway after Haskins took over the offense? Uh, nothing really overwhelming to take away from that. Uh, Haskins did not look good, but neither did Keenum, so we'll call that a wash. Uh, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see if Keenum is out again, if they're going to go back to Colt McCoy, or if they're actually going to roll with Haskins. That's the thing I'm most interested to see right now. Yeah, that's going to be the debate. Uh, they have said if Keenum is healthy, he will get the start. Of course, of uh, it's course. It's just a matter of if he's hurt, you know, which backup do they go with? It's interesting but, that they started McCoy, but now the for the second time this year, when Keenum is out, it's Haskins who's the backup, and McCoy's a healthy scratch. Yeah, I really don't get that. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they end up deciding to do next week, if Keenum's healthy or not. You know, he gets the extra couple of days to recover since they played on Thursday night, thankfully for him. So we might not, this might be a irrelevant conversation next week, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Terry McLaurin looked good again. Uh, do you think if there is a QB change, that's something to be concerned about if you're a McLaurin owner? I don't really think so. You know, he's really the alpha on that offense, uh, unless you consider Paul Richardson a threat, which I personally do not. So, okay. uh, McLaurin will probably struggle next week. They do play the Bills, so that's going to be a tough matchup no matter who's that quarterback. He's going to draw Shredavious White. But for the most part, I think McLaurin's going to be fed anyways, so it might he might see some drop in efficiency, but he's still going to get the targets, so I'm not super worried about him outside of next week's matchup. Yeah, I agree with that to an extent. We've talked about uh, long-term schedules on Wednesday, so uh, you know the Redskins have a tough tough stretch in the back half of the year and then if they switch quarterbacks that's another reason to be concerned what, what happened there you all right yeah sorry my cat uh, attacked my mic <laughs> perfect 
that is just that's perfect. Love it. Love every bit of it. Yeah, oh, man. For a second there, I thought you decided to take a bath with the headset on, and I was like, no, <laughs> you can't do that. Like I understand you want to wash that Thursday night game off of you, but no, we have to keep going. On a stink of Thursday night football. Exactly. Uh, Kirk Cousins looked efficient out there, but again, this wasn't the huge number game we were all hoping for. Yeah, he was 23 for 26. He was efficient. In NFL standards, you know, he had a good passer rating. He had a decent game. But for fantasy standards, not what we were all hoping for. No, it really wasn't. And I feel like uh, Stefan Diggs, if he doesn't fumble on that, you know, he might actually end up going farther. It kind of looked like before he even got hit, he started to drop the ball. So I think he might have been able to make, continue to make a play there. But yeah, it wasn't the prettiest game. I think uh, after that Diggs fumble, Zimmer just decided that they're going to run the ball and they're going to play safe football, which is great for Kirk's counting stats. But yeah, it really did not help us in fantasy at all. So that was disappointing. Yeah, it's also interesting that with Adam Thielen out, there was a question as to, you know, would would Diggs just get more uh, targets or, or would they give him somewhere else? Well, they did give them somewhere else, and that somewhere else was Dalvin Cook because he needed more fantasy value. So that was interesting to see the pass catching also become a, a much larger factor than it normally is. Because uh, Dalvin Cook really just needs to be force-fed more touches. That's exactly what it, he exactly. Yep. I was I was surprised yep. by uh, Ola B.C. Johnson. He he was out there for most of the game. He only played four less snaps than Diggs on the entire night, but he only saw two targets, which is kind of disappointing. You would have thought he would have at least seen three or four. Would have been nice to see, but... Yeah, being out there on the field um, is one thing, but he has to have that connection with Cousins and... and... With Kirk especially, he really has to trust the guy. And that just isn't there right now. So, oh, no. So, uh, yeah. It, it's it's nothing you can count on. It is interesting long term. But, uh, yeah, for right now at least, it's uh, a name to know but nothing more. Exactly. And hopefully Thielen comes back soon anyways and uh, BC can go back to the bench. Yeah, same theory with the uh, extended time. Hopefully by next weekend he'll be good. Uh, so we've got news on the day. We mentioned on Wednesday the Cowboys and Ravens are both on the bye. Uh, at quarterback, you can expect to be without Cam Newton. Uh, they're going to go back to the Kyle Allen well once more. So that QB controversy continues over there. Uh, you can also expect uh, to be without Drew Brees. Uh, Matt Ryan is up in the air. He was practicing again today. Uh, for the first time this week. So Matt Ryan, probably a game time call. As I've mentioned, I just don't know. It's a top 10 matchup, so you'd love to have it. But he's also been so aggressively terrible that I don't know how much I want to trust it. Uh, Ryan's a weird one this week. He does have a good matchup, but at the same time, he's hurt and he's been trailing like most of his uh, good most of his good uh, games this season have come when he's trailing and they're just pure garbage time stats. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a good matchup. I'm hopeful. I'm probably going to play him if I have him. I usually don't have two QBs in many leagues. So if I do have him, I'm playing him. But yeah, I really hope that he gets in there instead of Matt Schaub because I really just do not want to see Matt Schaub play again. I'm not interested in another pick six. Uh, Drew Brees limited. He will also be a game time call. Mahomes out for three weeks. Uh, and then Delaney Walker, you can expect to be without. He is questionable, so something to monitor. Uh, if he doesn't go, 
it would be, I believe it's Janu Smith. Is that correct? Yep, Janu Smith is uh, the backup there. Yeah, so with Tannehill there, I mean, that's certainly interesting. Uh, more interesting than with Mariota, for sure, especially <laughs> if you're desperate. Uh, and then O.J. Howard uh, also expect to be without him. He missed practice for the second straight day with a hamstring injury. Uh, players to look at in their place. Uh, how about famous Jameis, Mr. Crab Legs? Look, we talked about this on Wednesday. Uh, the top five or six schedule down the stretch for Tampa Bay. They had the bye week. Neil is not a Jameis guy. Never has been, never will be. I'm not really a Jameis guy, but at some point, I wasn't a Blake Bortles guy either, but I bought into the fantasy value. So at at some point, he's going to be usable, right? Am I crazy? Am I taking crazy pills over here? No, not at all. Especially, you know, he's got Chris Godwin, who is now an elite receiver. I think uh, we're pretty close to that territory. And Mike Evans is still a wide receiver one. So at the very least, they should carry him kind of like, Thielen and Diggs kind of carried Kirk Cousins to a little bit of success at times last year. It's just kind of that, that scenario where if your receivers are that talented, you have to be at least a serviceable fantasy QB, right? You would think. Until he throws three picks. Until he yeah, throws exactly. Three picks, but that, that's the problem with Jameis is the turnovers. And But when you get five uh, touchdowns and three picks, it kind of balances out and you still have a pretty right. solid day. Right. So... We'll see. I I do believe in that, though. So I think Jameis certainly has an opportunity this week to be streamable. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Mason Rudolph, Derek Carr. These are all brutal names. But if you're desperate, I could see it. Uh, I like Teddy Bridgewater in there, too, if you can get him. If uh, That is if Breeze plays or right. Breeze doesn't play this week. But I don't see why he would. You know, the Saints are going on a bye next week. It kind of be... Sean yeah, Payton's not I an idiot. I thought it was weird. Why did he throw him out there? Especially Sean against not the Cardinals. Yeah. It's a game they sh- they're going to win. Then, uh, Cameron Brait, of course, the tight end connection there. Uh, look, he's been getting more targets than O.J. Howard anyway. He's been more useful in that offense as is. Uh, well, yeah, but, O.J.'s been a ghost. Yeah, now with O.J. completely out this week, it would definitely serve that You know, Cameron Brait the better option uh, than Janu Smith, as I mentioned, uh, Darren Fells, the tight end in Houston, and then Josh Hill, if you are super desperate. Uh, uh, all, running back, go ahead. All these guys, you're really just playing for a touchdown. You're hoping first they catch two passes and one of them yeah, happens to be a score. Don't throw territory. Yep. It's the hope and prayer territory out there. Uh, let's see. Keep in mind, I mentioned Darius Geis potentially could come off IR next week and is practicing. Uh, Josh Jacobs is up in the air with that shoulder injury from the uh, last week against uh, Green Bay. So keep that in mind. And then Rex Burkhead also up in the air with that muddled backfield in New England. Uh, Alvin Kamara is up in the air as well on the border. And David Johnson... Both of those guys, uh, it feels like for Johnson more so than Kamara, that he he could potentially be sitting out. Yeah, they're both listed as game time decisions right now. David Johnson, even if he does play, it's a back issue, right? So it's pretty easy for that to, to flare up. So we could very well get another scenario like last week where even if he does happen to be active, that Chase Edmonds just runs the show again. 
And uh, with Kamara, I think he's a little bit closer to playing. But at the same time, it's once again, it's the Cardinals, right? So they might just trot, trot out Latavius Murray and let him do the work. Right. Why bother getting your guy hurt? And especially with them, too, uh, if they have a significant lead, right? I think two two games in the division right now, and they're playing the Cardinals. Yeah, the Saints are in a really back, good spot right I mean, now. Yeah. Uh, and then expect to be without Ido Smith, of course, after the injury last week. Uh, so players to look at, obviously Latavius Murray, if he's somehow available, uh, DeAndre Washington, also Tariq Cohen listed here. Uh, I don't really like any of those options. Those are all egregiously terrible. I like Latavius if, uh, if again, if Kamara misses. But yeah, Tariq Cohen, I have no interest in him at all. He's actually been pretty terrible this year. 2.4 yards per carry, 5.4 yards per reception, 3.5 yards per target. Like, that's just, no, I, I want nothing to do with him. Yeah, I mean, at this point, uh, guys that I'd rather have in that same territory are like a Royce Freeman Oh, yeah, easily. Uh, yeah, David Montgomery is actually a really good matchup against the Chargers, and you can get it for basically dirt cheap right now. Um, they have a really strong schedule back half of the season, and if they ever decide to actually use their talented players, boy, look out. Uh, ah. Frank Gore still readily available as the number one guy there. And then uh, Jamal Williams. Uh, again, been saying it all year. That is a running back by committee. And people no, Aaron Jones is so talented. I'm telling you. We've been saying this since like July. It's Jamal Williams has legitimate fantasy value in that backfield. Yeah, and Aaron Jones is clearly the better player, but it really just doesn't matter that yep, it's better. It doesn't matter. Jamal Williams is getting touches just as well much as uh, Aaron Jones. In fact, two weeks ago he outtouched Jones when he when they played the Lions. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you're going to play Aaron Jones, and he is the guy there, but it's Thank still... Total facial. <laughs> yeah, Jamal Williams is still the 1B there, so he's not going to disappear at any point. Uh, for wide receivers, keep in mind, A.J. Green uh, has logged a couple practices, but is more than likely not going to play. Uh, Jamison Crowder was limited on Thursday. He is questionable, uh, so the volume there. Uh, then Josh Gordon, we already talked about, and Marquise Lee seems to be limited. But he really has not been a factor in that offense. Former Bolitnikoff winner, our guy, Marquise Lee, uh, not a factor on the Jags offense this season, which is sad. Uh, up in the air, Christian Kirk, question mark. Uh, Dante Pettis. And again, Pettis is an interesting one for me. Uh, what do you, what's your take on Dante Pettis rest of season? Uh, so I don't love him rest of season anymore, especially after the Emmanuel Sanders trade. They're, they're very similar guys. And, but so is Debo Samuel and Debo, uh, who we're, he's also limited with a groin injury. So it's kind of just a muddled back, like receiver core right there. And it looks like Emmanuel Sanders is probably going to be their number one. So, well, their number two, because George Kittle's the number one there. So we're kind of left with Debo Samuel. Yeah, number wide receiver. Number one wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. And so we've got uh, Pettis and Debo competing for the number two receiver job, number three in targets. So either way, that's not going to be a high volume role, I don't think. So I'd, uh, I'd see if I could get something for him. But I don't know if you can really get much for him right now. You kind of just stash well, him and hope they pan the thing out. Is, yeah, Dante Pettis is like 
he's readily available on waivers. And his value is pretty much non-existent right now. Yeah. And I've gone through it that he has struggled this year, even when given the opportunity. That said, ton of talent. And I think part of his biggest issue is the fact that when he's been out there, he's been getting the primary corner coverage. And the opportunities that Debo Samuel has been thriving on has been with the number two corner. And now that kind of shifts, does it not? I mean, we already talked about Emmanuel is now going to be the number one there. So I think on the outside, on the other side, I think Dante Pettis all of a sudden is going to get some better matchups and perhaps have an opportunity to be more involved. That's very true. My only thing is he still does have to beat out Debo Samuel, and right now he is ahead of him. But, you know, just the way things have been going, I wouldn't be confident in things staying that way. I also wouldn't be surprised if it's kind of a rotation at the wide receiver, too. And they're both logging kind of equal snaps, and they just kind of cannibalize each other. Well, and we also have the situation where, you know, like Aiden mentioned, they haven't really played from behind. They haven't needed to throw it a ton. So we don't actually know what would happen if they fall into that situation. And what, like, Jimmy G is still a big question mark, too. So there, there is things to like about it, or about that pass-catching uh, core, but it's just a lot of question marks, so you're basically rolling the dice and hoping you hit on one of them. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, also, expect to be without Devontae Adams, Deshaun Jackson, and then, of course, Will Fuller, we mentioned. Uh, players to look at in their place. And so we, I talked about uh, Deshaun Hamilton on Wednesday. Uh, I refuse to talk about Alan Lazard because that was just a waste of my time last week. Uh, I said it would be, and it was. Please stop with the Alan Lazard love. I, I don't understand it. I don't want to understand it. I just don't want it. No, stop. All you it. need to understand is Aaron Rodgers, and that doesn't even mean success. So. I don't want to understand that either. I refuse to understand that as well, all right? I'm fine uh, with that. See, what else? <laughs> um, let's see. What do we got here? What's what's on our list that I can actually use and I feel like would be relevant? Like uh, Tyler Boyd, I'm out on this week, so that's kind of like a, a bust type thing for me. Um, Juju against Miami. I feel like people are kind of scared off with what's happened with Juju lately, and I, I still buy into Golden Tate's talent. I still buy into Juju Smith's talent uh, in those areas where people have kind of bailed on those guys. Uh, and then Marvin Jones was no fluke, so that's certainly there. Kenny Galladay, not dead. Don't give up on that. And then, of course, uh, I've mentioned several times over Kenny Stills and my love for Kenny Stills in that Houston offense. So all players you should certainly be considering. And to get back to Juju, uh, t- uh, just to touch on him for a second, Deontay Johnson is also an option this week. Uh, with Mason Rudolph, uh, Deontay Johnson actually had one more target than Juju for the four games that uh, Mason started so far. So against Miami, you're basically play you're, you want to play those guys, right? You want to yeah. play people that yeah. are playing Miami. And so Deontay Johnson is actually a sneaky upside play. He was actually almost looking like Mason's wide receiver one, and Juju was almost the one B. So something to think about there. Uh, yeah, very interesting, actually. So Deontay Johnson kind of c- creeping up out of nowhere. But yes, I would agree. If he's available on waivers and you're desperate, certainly the matchup, if nothing else, is, uh, is a great play. And ideally you have someone to play instead of him. But if you're really desperate, Deontay Johnson doesn't look too too bad this week. 
Fantasy season is in full swing, but you can get covered with Rotoshurance for your DFS team. All you have to do is draft your team on any DFS platform out there, then head over to rotoshurance.com and fill out the daily fantasy insurance form. All they need is some basic information like your name, email, how much the contest entry fee is, and the player that you want to insure. When you're doing that, you can enter promo code NONSENSE, that's N-O-N-S-E-N-S-E, to get 20% off of your coverage. If your insured player gets injured in the first half and does not return for the second half of the game due to that injury, then you're covered. You get your full entry fee back to that DFS contest. So what do you have to lose? Head on over to rotoassurance.com, use promo code NONSENSE to save 20% on your plan, and remember that injuries can happen at any time, so sign up today. Trust me. Trust? I'm asking you to trust me. Or busts. You make any kind of mistake and boom! Players to start. That'll face you trust me what? Trust your instincts. Players that should sit. Go ahead and take a seat. Take a seat right over there. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Helping you set your lineup. Don't make the same mistake I made. To win your week. Gotcha. Can't win, don't try. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. And remember, don't trust anyone over 30! Alright Jack, you are in the driver's seat of Trust or Bust this week, so we're going to kick this off with quarterbacks that you trust compared to consensus. All right, so for QB Trust this week, we're going to go with uh, Derek Carr. I know it is Derek Carr. You never want to play him, but he does have a good matchup. (laughs) But he does play the Texans this week, and the Texans just did trade for Gary and Conley, so it is a revenge game this week. But Gary and Conley isn't good, and neither is the rest of their secondary. Tyrell Williams might be back, so if that happens, we could see a big game from Derek Carr. Also trusting Jameis this week. We talked about him earlier. Maybe not everyone trusts him, but you know when you've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, that's definitely someone you can uh, count on this week. Yeah, I talked about being on the Jameis bandwagon. The Derek Carr, I don't buy into. He's just been bad. He's just bad. Yeah, but so is the Texans. Yeah, the Texans secondary is flat atrocious. I feel like if if Derek Carr does put up numbers in that game, it's because the Texans get out to a big lead. And he does it in garbage time. That's, that's his fair. best bet. See, that that's totally fair, too. But garbage point time points still count. And they if Tyre- do. If Tyrell Williams is playing, that's a big boost for Derek Carr. Yeah, I don't know if he does, though. That's my question mark. And the biggest thing for them is they don't really have the perimeter guys that are going to challenge that secondary. It's mostly Darren Waller. And the linebackers haven't been bad for the Texans. It's just... The secondary that's been terrible. And if they run the ball a ton with Josh Jacobs, it limits the opportunities. Yeah, but I don't see them ha- being able to run the ball too much. Like that's The Raiders secondary has no shot against the Texans, so they're going to have to at the very least throw. All right, that makes sense. I could see that. Uh, but the same argument could have been made last week when they were down by, like, what, 40 to Aaron Rodgers in the second half and Derek Carr did nothing. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Just saying. Just saying. uh, All right. Well, I'm going to trust Derek Carr this week. You're going to – sounds like you're busting on him, but we're going to go to the rest of the QB bus. Uh, So we've got Carson Wentz. He is playing a tough Bills uh, defense this week. 
He's looked shaky at times, but I don't really think that's his fault. I think that's more to do with what's going on around him. His number one option is Alshon Jeffrey, who is one cheeseburger away from being a center. Uh, we've got Zach Ertz, who has been, I don't know what's going on with him this season. And everyone else seems what's like What's going on up. is he won't stop throwing the damn ball to Dallas Godair. Stop it. Just throw it I, to Ertz. I like Goddard, though, but Ertz, like... You can use both of them, though. That's like, it, mm. they're kind of doing an either-or thing, and it's like, why? I hate it. I hate it. hate Isn't, it so much. You're really going to force Zach feed... owner is so frustrating. You're really going to force feed Nelson Aguilar targets over Zach Ertz? Like, I, I just don't get it. So, it's, it's Wentz, is a, Wentz is a bust this week. <laughs> uh, uh, so, next up, uh, uh, Jason had Kyler Murray as a bust. I actually don't think he's a bust this week. I think he's uh, more of a mid-tier uh, quarterback QB streamer. Same thing. It's going to be a game where the Cardinals are going to have to throw. Yes, the Saints defense has been better lately. They've been actually pretty good this year. But they're going to be missing Eli Apple. He's hurt. They're going to be missing P.J. Williams in the slot. He's hurt. So they're going to be starting Ken Crawley, who they just signed off the street. And not to mention Marshawn Lattimore. He's only played 14 snaps in the slot all season long. And the Cardinals have Fitzgerald and uh, DJ or Christian Kirk. Sorry, not DJ Chark. Christian Kirk in the slot. So I don't, I don't know if they're going to move Marshawn into the slot to play those guys. It's something that they haven't done so far, but that's going to be an interesting one. So I think Murray's less of a bust and more of a mid-tier guy. And a huge bust this yeah. week is Baker Mayfield. Patriots defense, I want nothing to do with. Sure. Uh, I don't know if he actually would qualify because I don't know if he's starting enough. But yes, I agree. If he is in starting territory, uh, yes, bust for sure. Not touching him. Yeah, wide uh, running backs that you trust. Uh, so we've got LaShawn McCoy this week. Uh, Green Bay like to give it up to the running backs, and he really needs to see a lot of touches this week. Um, I'm not trusting Matt Moore to throw it 30 times a game, and LaShawn McCoy's been leading the backfield in touches, so he's not a full-blown trust. You might see Damian Williams uh, end up surpassing him just the way the Chiefs have been running it this year, but McCoy is uh, certainly underrated this week. Yeah, I would agree with that. Definitely the guy to have in the backfield. And we also trust, we uh, kind of touched on him earlier when we were hitting on how bad Tariq Cohen has been. We've got David Montgomery. Uh, Matt Nagy said he's not an idiot. He's going to run the ball more. And this is the perfect time to do it against the Chargers defense, who I don't even know who they're going to be starting at linebacker, who they're starting at safety. It's just that team is a mess right now. Yep, totally beat up. And another guy I wanted to touch on is Ty Johnson. I think Ty Johnson is definitely a trust this week. Uh, some people are worried that he's going to ha- be vultured a bit by J.D. McKissick and Paul Perkins. I know you guys were kind of touching that on that in the podcast earlier this week. But yeah. I think Ty Johnson is actually a legit guy to going for the rest of the season. You guys don't really seem to like his uh, receiving ability, but he caught all four or four targets this uh, this past game. And in college, he was actually surprisingly underrated as a pass catcher. He didn't do a whole lot in his past in his final two seasons. But as a sophomore, he caught 16 of 18, 206 yards in a TD. And he runs a 4-4-40, maybe even faster. It depends on uh, who you want to believe from coming out of its pro day. So I'm pretty in on Ty Johnson going forward and this week, to be honest. Yeah, again, it's it's not just the college tape and stuff. It's it's what we saw in training camp. It's what we saw in the preseason. He was given a lot of opportunities, and it, it just wasn't clicking for him. 
and the, the pass catching was just atrocious. It was just right off his hands. Last week, yes, he did haul in those catches, so if he's kind of fixed that, if he's been working on it, uh, then that would certainly change the value of J.D. McKissick uh, in that backfield in general. But, uh, yeah, Ty Johnson, not, it, look, if you like we said, if you blew all your money on him, you really don't have a choice. You're, you're kind of backed <laughs> into that corner. Uh, but if I have another option, I, I'm I'm more than willing to let a top 10 performance from Ty Johnson sit on my bench this week to see what I've got if I have other options. That's fair. I just in a lot of leagues right now with the buys, it's kind of tough. Uh, some other, sometimes you don't really have the other options. Yep. And just, just to touch on JD McKissick right now, his role didn't really change even with carry on going down. I think he only played an extra six snaps from the week before and he ran uh, about 20 less routes than Ty Johnson did. So I really do think that Ty Johnson's receiving ability is a bit understated right now. I think McKissick keeps his role and I think Johnson steps right in for carry on. All right. Busts. Uh, so for bus this week, we've got Philip Lindsay. He's been losing touches. He's not the receiving back, which is weird. You would think the 190 pound running back would be the receiving back and not the 230 pound banger, but the Colt there, the Broncos have it mixed up. And so when they're in garbage time, they have Royce Freeman on the field and against the Colts, they're going to be in garbage time. Flacco is bad. The Colts are good. We're just, yeah, Philip Lindsay is not a guy I've liked all season, and I'm kind of off him going forward still. Another bust is Melvin Gordon. For obvious reasons, he just hasn't been good this year. Austin Eckler has outperformed him every step of the way. It's kind of just been a wasted carry every time Melvin Gordon's gotten on the field. So until that gets righted, I, like you said with Ty Johnson, I'm happy to, if Gordon finally writes the ship this week, I'm happy letting those points sit on my bench because I really just don't trust him at all right now. And then we've got the Eagles running backs. We're uh, staying away from them completely against the Bills D. And I'm also staying away from Frank Gore this week. The Eagles uh, have a really good run defense and a really bad pass defense. So I think if the Bills are smart, they're going to take advantage of the pass defense. And it's probably risky relying on Josh Allen to win you the game. But I think that's what they're going to have to do if they want to have a chance in this one. Uh, yeah, and it's... <sighs> My thing is, I feel like that game's going to be a lot closer. The, the, the problem with the the Eagles secondary being terrible is that there's not really a lot that they do in the pass game for the Bills. That They're more of a run-based team. They're more of beat you with their defense. Absolutely. So but the- I, fe- I feel like they're still going to run. It's just they will struggle to do it. They're going to try to run, but the Eagles have a really good run defense, and it is like the ultimate pass funnel. The only one that might be worse or more of a pass funnel is the Buccaneers defense. So they're going to try to run, but I don't see them cracking 2.5 yards of carry. So it's just going to be a lot of wasted runs to Frank Gore. And then uh, Melvin Gordon, I'll just disagree on outright. Just I need that to be right. So Yeah, yeah. Stay uh, away from Chargers have, I think, four top four or not top four I'm sorry four top 10 uh, matchups the next four weeks so Melvin Gordon if he was ever going to get right now is the time if it doesn't start happening soon it's just not going to yeah, that's the thing and so you know hold him he you're not selling him because his value can't get any lower so you're just holding him hope that he blows up one of these weeks and he becomes some old Melvin Gordon and not whatever this guy has been this season yeah, the Bears' run D has not been what we all expected. 
So this week is actually a lot better matchup than I think people are anticipating. So if you can catch somebody off guard playing Melvin Gordon, I, I would do it, but that's just me. It depends on your options again. So now time for wide receiver trust. We're going to go with Corey Davis. Uh, Corey Davis seems to have been brought back to life. And, you know, maybe, 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 maybe. I'm not ready to declare Corey Davis a uh, worthy of a first-round pick yet. But maybe Ryan Tannehill salvages a bit of his career and we start seeing what Corey Davis could have been. Uh, so excited to get for that matchup, especially against the Buccaneers. Like I said, they've been the ultimate pass funnel. Terrible secondary. Pretty good run defense, so expect Ryan Tannehill to find some success against them. Uh, like you said earlier, Kenny Stills, love him this week. He's going to slide right into the Will Fuller role, and he's not as talented as Will Fuller. There's not a lot of deep threat that, threats that are, but it's the same role. He's going to be doing the same things, used the same way. That's a guy I want for the Texans, especially against the Raiders. And Kiki QT is another guy that I'm trusting this week uh, for the same reasons. He's used differently. He's used a lot closer to the line of scrimmage, a lot more uh, dump-offs and in the slot. But again, against the Raiders, that's a matchup that I want to exploit, especially since Gary and Conley's gone. Who He was bad, but you know his backup's obviously going to be worse. Right, and I, I mentioned it before, you know, uh, QT or uh, Stills slides into the fuller role where QT will kind of slide into what Kenny Stills was doing. And it, they'll kind of both be able to uptick where they were coming into this week. Exactly. And uh, I also just want pieces of the Texans passing offense too. Maybe maybe not Jordan Akins and Darren Waller, or not Darren Waller, uh, the other tight Darren end Fels. there. Darren Fells, yeah. Uh, but the receivers going forward, yeah, want a piece of them. All right, and then busts. Uh, so wide receiver bust this week. We've got Tyler Boyd. Uh, he's probably going to draw, draw Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Ramsey will likely follow him to the slot. And even then, he's kind of just been a compiler this season. He's had a lot of targets and over the last couple of weeks and done nothing with them. I think that will rebound at some point, but I don't think it'll be this week. I think it's going to be more, uh, especially if he does have Ramsey on him. It's not uh, the best Tyler Boyd week. DJ Moore, he's facing the 49ers, who have been great this season. Uh, so him and Curtis Samuel, avoiding both of them this week. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, he's another avoid this week against uh, Tredavious White and the Bills. He's just not being good at all. He's just big, slow, and he's getting a lot of yep. targets, but hasn't done anything with them. And another bust this week is Odell Beckham. He's going to be uh, locked down by Stephon Gilmore. Another, like we said earlier with the Patriots, it's just I do not like playing offensive players against the Patriots. And as good as Odell Beckham is, Stephon Gilmore is even better. Yeah, I would agree with all that. So, uh, yeah, I really have nothing to add. Those are all good. Uh, trusts for tight end. Uh, so, trust, we did hit on him earlier, Cameron Brait. Uh, and outside of that, I don't know if I would call this a trust because it is tight end. And do you really even trust anyone outside of the top five at tight end right now? I don't know. But uh, outside of Cameron Brait, we've got Dawson Knox, who uh, coming out of the bye, Knox did lead the Bills, and Bills tight ends in snaps. He had 29 snaps, ran 15 routes, and he was tied for second on the team in targets with five uh, just behind John Brown. Week before the bye, they didn't have Tyler Croft, and he played 46 snaps, ran 30 routes, and he was tied for first with John Brown in targets that week. So Dawson Knox, he hasn't uh, really seen, like, he has seen a lot of targets. They haven't paid off yet, but that is something that uh, going forward, it's going to have to hit at some point. 
my other trust this week is Foster Moreau. Again, I really don't trust Foster Moreau, but he's a guy that I'm interested in. Uh, like we said, the Raiders really don't have anyone on the outside other than Tyrell Williams. Really, what they should do is make their base package, their, ba their base offensive package, have uh, Darren Waller and Foster Moreau on the field at the same time, because really, it's just much better than having whatever they have on the outside. Uh, Moreau has had the first three games of the season. Moreau played no games over 30 snaps. Last three games, he's uh, topped 30 in all of them, and he's had over 10 targets in all of them, or sorry, over 10 routes run in all of them. So Moreau is a guy I like going forward as an upside upside play. Hopefully he catches a touchdown because tight end is really just not good at all. Yeah, that's interesting, uh, especially because they'd be in a two tight end set a lot. And given that offense, I mean, it would make sense. But yeah, Derek Carr is uh, going to yeah, throw it short anyway. So throw. you may super as well take throw. take advantage of that if you're building the offense to support Derek Carr. But yeah, like I said, super dart throw, but. At tight end right now, everyone's a dart throw. Jonu Smith, Josh Hill, all, yep. it's all dart throws. Yeah. Uh, busts? Uh, so Jared Cook we have as a bust, uh, especially against the Cardinals. They, they have been hemorrhaging a lot of points to tight ends this season. But, you know, I just don't really see it from Jared Cook this week. We might, or even with Teddy Bridgewater, I think, uh, I, I think it's going to be more of a slow-paced, grind out the game, grind out the win. Don't really see much from Jared Cook unless he gets in the end zone. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, look for Jared Cook, it's a matter of health too. How effectively can he be on the field if he is out there? Yeah, that's the thing. Is it's just not something that I'm looking forward to this week from Cook. I think personally they should let him sit the week, rest up on the bye, but we'll see how that ends up going. Yeah, and then uh, I'm going to be the guy who says it, Eric Ebron. Why, why people? Why, one catch? Really? One catch, and we're right back on the Eric Ebron is great bandwagon. Please, stop this. Stop the insanity. Yeah, the only Just, reason no. I didn't include Ebron as a bust is because, like, who's trusting Ebron? Who like? He's a top 10 consensus play this week. Oh, I missed out on that. Ew. Ew. Yeah, it's horrible. People are just desperate at tight end, and they love it. And I, I just, I don't get it. I can't. I won't. I won't. I can't. Ebron, uh, he, tight. He, he's just another guy that you're hoping for a touchdown. That's yeah, it. Exactly. That's it. He, it's a hope and a, a prayer guy again. He's an expensive streamer. Ew. No thanks. Yep. Uh, defenses that you trust. Uh, so this week uh, for trust, we've got Seahawks. They're Seahawks depends on if uh, Matt Ryan plays or not. Matt Ryan did practice today. So we're going to bump down the Seahawks quite a bit if Matt Ryan does play. Uh, if he doesn't play, oh boy, they're getting at least one pick six from Matt Schaub, if not two. Uh, another trust this week and another backup quarterback. Uh, the Packers are going to be playing Matt Moore and the Chiefs. Uh, expect LaShawn McCoy to do well, but I do not expect much from Matt Moore. He's... One of the better backup quarterbacks in the league, potentially. We haven't seen him play a whole lot recently. And the Packers get a lot of sacks, and they have a pretty solid secondary. They're uh, easily exposed at times, but they also do have talent back there, so it's not like they're not able to make plays. They just happen to get beat uh, more than they should be right now. So but with all that coming together against the backup quarterback, I'm starting the Packers this week. And finally, we have the Rams against Andy Dalton. 
Uh, Bengals are just terrible. I don't even, they've got a practice squad guy starting at left tackle. They're starting right tackle, Cordy Glenn. He's not playing anymore. He's fighting the team on a concussion lawsuit almost, it seems like. Uh, just Bengals are a mess. Rams defense is starting to look better. It's probably going to be two, and there's going to be at least three or four sacks. Yeah, the Rams have been bad, but the Bengals have been worse. Exactly. So, Aaron, Aaron Donald is just going to bully this team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, busts? Uh, so defensive busts this week, we've got the Titans. Uh, we've already highlighted the Buccaneers. We think that they're going to – Jameis Winston is probably going to have a pretty solid week. Uh, and so Titans necessarily mean that they're not going to have a very good week. Titans have just been a weird team all season. You know, uh, week one, they were amazing against the Browns, but eh, kind of an up and down team. Uh, and the Chargers, not start going anywhere near them. Keep them on your bench. Is that because of the injuries? Injuries, they're not, they've done nothing. It's just all everything about the Chargers this season on defense is just yuck. And on offense, really, even then, like Mike Williams is, been not great keenan allen has disappeared just the entire team is really hard to get behind right now i don't even know what they are well i think the the one selling point for the chargers is they're playing mitch trubisky and the bears so i mean they haven't been able to stop the run but the bears refuse to run and mitch trubisky throws it directly to the db and he just drops it otherwise he's got what like 20 picks so far this year i, I mean it's he has been brutal, absolutely brutal. He so I feel like if there's any the reason to play the Chargers, it's it's the Bears defense more than it is the Chargers. I, I get that, but at the same time, it's just you know there's there's better options. All right, all right, I'll, I'll take your word for it. All right, but that's it for trust or bust. Uh, thank you, Jack, for joining me. It's such an early hour. Oh. Whew. You know, I was concerned genuinely about doing the podcast earlier today, uh, but, you know, I thought it'd be weird with, like, the sunlight out, but it's pouring down the rain, so it's nice and dark, feel right at home. Oh, yeah, we're, gloom we're gloomy here, too, as well, so uh, I didn't think you got much light in the storage locker out there. Well, I mean, there's a window. Ah, uh, gotcha, so gotcha. I, I can still see outside. You can see the darkness. Exactly. I, I like the dark. Right. I'm I'm like Batman but on a budget. <laughs> the bat cave is a storage locker. Yeah, exactly. The bat uh, locker. Still bats and rodents, but you know, not cool. Just <laughs> just just dirty and horrible. Uh but, but thank you for joining me again, Jack. You can catch up with everything on importantnonsense.com. You can find me at nonsense underscore Steve. You can find Jack at uh, Javanaugh 87 everywhere, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Javanaugh 87 on uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, or no, not Facebook. <laughs> yeah. On... Facebook hit up his Facebook <laughs> Javanaugh 87 Instagram, Twitter, and the fantasy life app. You can find me at Javanaugh 87. All right. Perfect. And, uh, so until next week, good luck everybody and keep up the nonsense. Music for the Important Nonsense podcast is provided by Benjamin Banger, Tritachion, and Admiral Bob. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with all the latest content on importantnonsense.com.